evening, everyone. Hope uh, you all have been enjoying your forgiveness today and this week. Learning who God is, learning from my son, uh, who's one years old. Uh, so there are many stories in the Bible that I thought about I could reference for uh, stories about my son. Um, and I always have, for some reason, I always go back to the story of Jacob in the Old Testament. Uh, there are so many layers to this man's life. I'm going to pack a couple for us tonight, uh, and hopefully you guys be encouraged and uplifted about what God's doing through my son. Um, so, when God brought Ethan, I'm going to be looking over here because Sarah's over that way, you guys know. Uh, when God brought Ethan into this world on December 2nd, 2018, 7.19 p.m., um, as crazy as it may sound, with all the things that goes on with the birth of a child, nurses coming in and out, uh, doctors are they're screaming in language that only they can understand. Um, if, even if you ask Sarah, there was this kind of calm that surrounded us that night. Um, well, that day and night, I guess. Sarah will tell you how many hours it was. Uh, so, um, but then Sarah decided to show off her strength for a while, and then we finally got to meet this young man that we'd prayed and dreamed about for a very long time. Uh, he was born uh, by way of C-section, and he was crying, of course, when the doctor uh, first presented him to us because it's like he was wrapped in an electric blanket and then taken out into a cold hospital room, so, of course, any of us would be crying, too. Um, they were, you know, taking him out. They showed him to Sarah, who was laying on the table, and then they, you know, took him over to things, and they started, you know, cleaning him off and doing all sorts of stuff. Uh, and then they brought him over to a tray thing uh, over kind of where I was. Um, and I remember leaning down and just said, it's okay, Bubba. And then this amazing thing happened. He stopped crying, and he opened his eyes to see who was talking to him. Um so then it was important uh, that Sarah and I talked about how it was important it was for him to have skin-to-skin contact after he was born. Uh, so I wanted to grab him and soothe him, but I couldn't. Uh, so they finished all that, and then I was able to uh, snap a picture of this amazing moment. There it is. Um, whole life in one picture. Um, in the beginning, God. Uh, so after the months of focusing on Ethan and keeping this new life uh, alive and all the anxiety that comes with it and your new parent, what I had, uh, came and left um, with the awesome place that I work and the awesome people that I work with, uh, I was able to uh, stay home on Mondays by myself with Ethan. Uh, so we have, I have him each Monday by myself all day, and we have so much fun hanging out. We get to do stuff. Oh, sorry, that's just a cute picture I inserted in there. Sorry. Um, well, we do things right now. He's been learning to walk in the past month or so, uh, and he's starting to run now, so he's getting really good at it. Uh, he likes to find sticks. We live right across. We live by a creek and a park, so there's a lot of woods around us, and we love to go on adventures. Um, and there's a whole world locked into a child. Um, they have immense capacity to believe. And each time I would look up uh, just kind of information on the mind of a child, an old Latin term by called tabula rasa would come up, which means, um, in English, means the, like a blank slate or an open slate. So that's how they used to describe a child's mind was a blank slate. You could uh, learn and teach things, uh, engrave things on it uh, in their mind that would last forever. Um, so that's why you learn so much about life by watching a little child and more than you will read a philosophy textbook or anything like that. Um, one thing Sarah and I uh, have tried to engrave in Ethan is the importance of reading books. And I snapped a picture there with him. Um, he loves it. He has a couple of favorites, 
Uh, one is this one right here, the pop-up peekaboo private dinosaur one. Um, finding Mommy T-Rex. He's not so sure about the last one, which is Mommy T-Rex. It's kind of scary, actually. So he's not quite sure about it, but he still loves reading it. Um, he'll do it over and over and over again. Um, we'll do it for like 20 to 30 minutes sometimes, and then I'm done and reading it, and I'll, you know, he'll find something, and I'll put it up on the shelf, and he'll forget about it for a while. But again and again, you know, he's, when he gets old enough to speak, he's going to, I'm going to throw him up in the air, he's going to want to say the same thing. Do it again. Do it again, right? So, G.K. Chesterton, I thought it was a lot of text on there, but I'm going to read it for you. Uh, he had this to say about little children. Because children have abounding vitality, because they are in spirit fierce and free, therefore they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again. And the grown-up person does it again until he is nearly dead. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exult in monotony. But perhaps God is strong enough to exult in monotony. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun. And every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never got tired of making them. It may be that he has the eternal appetite of infancy, for we have sinned and grown old, and our father is younger than we. Exulting in the monotonous or rejoicing in doing the same thing over and over again. One thing I hope we take from tonight is that Ethan teaches me to rejoice in what we would call the monotony of life. Rejoice in the monotonous. Um, another thing that is awesome about a little child is that their ability to have an impact on those around them. Uh, when Ethan and I go somewhere in public, like the grocery store or Target, uh, because he will only wear Target brand diapers, he's pretty particular about them. I don't know why. Uh, when someone catches him staring at him, uh, he does this little smile thing, and you can't help but smile back. Uh, even... There's something about the face of a child that just makes you happy inside. Even the gruffiest, meanest-looking person. Remember Ethan's staring at him, they'll just get that baby voice that everybody goes to. How are you doing, Smiley? You know, even the toughest person, they have that. Uh, so the story of Jacob um, from Genesis is one well-known. Uh, Jacob is the grandson of Abraham. And in Genesis 32, we read of a story where Jacob wrestles with a man in the night. And this man... Is trying to defeat Jacob, or Jacob's call. We find out who this man is, this God, later on in the story. Uh, so Jacob demands that he be blessed because of this struggle and wrestling. Now, when this man asks Jacob what his name is, it's changed from Jacob to Israel. Now, Jacob names the place where this match happened, Peniel, which means the face of God, because Jacob saw God face to face, and yet he still survived. It's as if God was telling Jacob, everything you know and are about to come across is determined by your relationship with me. Your identity has been known as the deceiver or hill grabber, but now your identity is based solely on your relationship with me, how you relate to me. The God of his father, Isaac, has now become his, his God. Now think about the things that Jacob had been taught by what his parents did. There was favoritism in the house. Scripture tells us Isaac favored Esau and Rebekah favored Jacob. Where do you think Jacob learned to deceive his father from? Mother. Isaac learned it from his dad as well when he lied about his wife being his sister. 
Um, don't have to tell you that many of us carry scars from things that happened in our childhood or things that didn't happen enough in our childhood. So we must clearly communicate with our children in ways that they understand so that there are no false precepts or no false rules. I've got a preacher story for you. Do not remember where I heard this, but I know it's a good one. So a principal of an elementary school teacher, I mean, a principal of an elementary school had to call a father of a student there because he kept stealing things from school. So the father comes into the office, and the principal's like, hey, I know this may not sound like anything, but he's habitually stealing things from the, from the school, and this is a problem now, so it's going to be a bigger problem later on if you don't take care of it. And the father is sitting there, and he goes, okay, what's he stealing? And the principal says, well, it's pens, pencils, notepads, things like that. The father's like, well, that's weird. I can get him all of the pens and pencils from my office that he needs. And as soon as he said that out loud, he convicted himself. He's like, I know why my son is growing up to be just like me. Just like the Enneagram class at Katie Holloway's teaching the teens over at the teen house on Sundays, uh, Ethan's making me take a good look at my relationship with God and myself. Uh, because the one thing I desire more than anything is that he knows and sees Christ every day. I'm reminded of Lanera Day's Facebook post when we had uh, meeting our members uh, thing going on. I sent her a text telling her that her testimony was very similar to what I desire for Ethan every day. Uh, always knowing who Jesus is and knowing what his church is capable of. Uh, she said her testimony was boring and I told her it was the exact opposite. Uh, there's nothing boring about knowing Christ your entire life. The second thing, the lives of our children depend on our relationship with God and our ability to hear his voice. If they do not see us in a relationship with God, how do we expect them to have um, Even when we seem to be wrestling with God through a tough season, we still need to show everyone that Christ is still Lord of our lives. Even when it hurts, we'll praise him. You know, the funny thing, we never really read what the blessing was that God gave to Jacob. I always found out, always thought to myself, when we think of how God sounds, we think of Jesus, right? That's Jesus teaching, that's how God speaks. I always thought that Matthew 5, we call them the Beatitudes, is what God was saying to Jacob that night. I bless you when you're poor in spirit. All those blessings. Now, when we're struggling with the transition, we should listen for God to speak and say, it's okay, I'm here. Um, for me, I'm going to continue to look to Ethan and members of the youth group uh, to learn who God is because, in my mind, the capacity to believe and the capacity they have for love is something that I'm going to strive for for the rest of my life. Thank you, guys.